as I've said already, it's exciting, isn't it, to meet together. Um, this new decade, that's weird, isn't it? A whole new decade. So we are really excited um, for what God has in store for us as a community for this town and for um, the wider area as well of Cornwall. Um, God, as Ruth was saying earlier, God is on the move. There's stuff happening. It's really, really exciting. He's always working in all things for those for the good of those who love him. That's what it says, isn't it? Um, and that's encouraging. That's not just me in all things. So as we start this new year, you might th- be start by thinking about New Year's resolutions, new beginnings, different things. Um, I wonder if you've made any New Year's resolutions or you passed that. It's old, too old school. You don't do that anymore. Um, I've heard a few of you have given up red meat and processed meat, meat altogether. Maybe some of you have started running again, dusted off the trainers. Um, maybe you've joined a Pilates class or a gym. Uh, some of you may have been members of the gym for the whole year, literally last year, and never actually gone. Treated it a bit of an investment. Invest in the local community rather than actually go along. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so Ruth hasn't said anything obvious to me, but we seem to have gone a lot more vegetarian in our house. Um, I'm not sure quite how well to think about it. And there's definitely less crisps in the cupboard than there were, and naughty things. I keep having to search harder and harder to find naughty things in the cupboard. I'm indirectly, I have been put on a diet, but um, (laughs) it's not been a conversation you had as a married couple. It's just kind of one of those things I'm passively enduring. So, but that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. I wonder if you have made any spiritual resolutions um, so far this year, because this is a great time of year to press the reset button on your spiritual life, on your daily life, on your rhythm, on your routine, um, when you can strip out those things that have crept in that you didn't really intend on having in there in your life, in your, in your week. Um, it's a great time to think about how you are going, going to intentionally pursue Jesus and his kingdom this year. What do you need to stop? What do you need to reduce? What do you need to start? What do you need to prioritize? What do you need to build into your daily and weekly routine? And if you've seen any of our social media stuff this week on Instagram and Facebook, we are launching two new small groups um, this morning, which is really exciting. Everyone's going to come up at the end and just um, talk about them. If you wanted to, you can go onto falmouthvineyard.org forward slash small groups, and you will see the details of the new groups. Um, You can click on there to sign up, but we'll go through that at the end as well. And it doesn't have to be the one nearest to you. It doesn't have to be anything. You can go along and you can try one and then go, do you know what? That wasn't for me. The leader won't be offended. You can go to the next one. That's okay. If you get to the end of all four, you probably have issues. Okay, we've got to, we might need to have a little chat and see. Maybe you should be leading a small group. Um, it's funny. <clears throat> I was lighting the fire as I... Um, and we're burning some logs at the moment that I gathered. There's a sense of pride in this. I gathered them. I cut them, I split them, and I've waited patiently as they've roughly seasoned. They smell amazing, but I have noticed something about the way they burn. They do not like to burn alone. They're very interesting logs. They are very, very social. The other ones we used to burn, these I think it was silver birch, or they're really nice, hard, killed and dried logs. You could put one in, it would burn, and then you could put another one in, and it would burn. These new ones... They love to go in pairs or twos or threes, and it's really nice. And I was just like mulling this as I was making the fire this week, thinking, I think we're the same. I think we're the same. Followers of Jesus burn brighter and harder and hotter in community when we're together rather than out on our own. That's why we do small groups um, in this church. 
Um, small group, what, are, what is a small group? It's a small community of people that meet every week during the week. You generally in a home, but not always, where we share life, read the Bible, worship and pray together. It's where we share the good times. It's why we've got a bottle of Prosecco in our fridge waiting for the things to celebrate. That's a top tip for all you small group leaders out there. But we also share in those hard times. We share in the times of grief, share in the times of loss and of pain and disappointment. Because we're always looking um, to train and release leaders to plant new groups. So there is always a group with space for you to go along to and not just go along and attend, but you would find a place to belong. It's no small task leading a small group. I hope you show your appreciation to those that lead the groups you go to. I remember and know the panic well of thinking, how are we going to eat and clean the house, tidy it, get the kids to bed, um, and plan the meeting before everyone arrives at seven, uh, 8 o'clock? And then someone turns up at 7.45. You're like, ah, that was my prep time. Oh, well, toilets aren't going to be cleaned. Never mind. It's really not easy. My hope and my prayer this morning is that if you aren't in a small group, you will look into it and join one. It would be great. Um, You would take the plunge and sign up. So, do we launch into this? Let's just pray. Lord God, we thank you um, for your life. Lord, we thank you that all this whole journey of our Christian life, our spiritual life, following Jesus, is because of the cross. It's because of the, the act of sacrificing yourself for us so that we could have restored relationship with you, that our sin could be dealt with, our shame and our guilt, everything could be taken care of, and that we might live this new life, redeemed, restored, and transformed by your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we just... We just pray that this morning we'll catch a glimpse of your heart for small groups and your heart for this community and and how they can impact us and the wider community around. So would you come, Holy Spirit, would you fill me up? Would I hear your voice as I'm trying to say these words? And would, um, would we all be filled and grow in your love this morning? In Jesus' name. Amen. So a first question might be, why are small groups so important? Because let's face it. If we're honest, when it comes to deepest, darkest winter, especially in the evenings when you've just got back from work, you've had dinner, maybe you've put the kids to bed, sometimes the last thing you want to do is get back in your car or get your coat on and walk across to a small group. But I don't know how people don't survive without small groups. How do people survive without small groups? I don't know. And I don't know how churches survive without small group systems. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm literally not talking about prayer meetings and Bible studies, which are obviously really, really good. But they're very different. A small group is about relationship with others and a relationship with God. And that's why they're the core of our church, of this church. So the first thing would be, my first point, I think, I think there's five. I've gone gone off script and gone five instead of classic three. Um, small groups are God's idea. Did you realize that? Did you realize the way we're doing church this morning is actually quite a new and modern way of doing things? These kind of large-ish gatherings are quite a modern invention. For the first 300 years, according to my research, of the church, it was illegal to meet in large gatherings. So when you read the letters of Peter, Paul, and John in the New Testament, these letters weren't written to megachurches in Rome and Colossae and Thessalonica. These were written to small groups that met in those cities. The letters would have been passed from house to house, from community to community. The church has always met, if you look at the beginning of Acts, in small groups. Think back to the explosion of the early church in the book of Acts. In chapter 5, it just says this, Acts 5.42, Day after day, regularly, in the temple court, so in public, and 
from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They did gather in the temple courts publicly and in large groups as well, but they didn't just have one large gathering a week. As the church spread and others were planted, we take it for granted they met in each other's houses. Here's an example at the end of 1 Corinthians in uh, verse, uh, chapter 16 and verse 9, just as Paul's going through like a list of greetings from different people. It's quite often little nuggets of information in these little things. Uh, just as it's 1 Corinthians 16, 9, the churches in the province of Asia send you their greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets in their house. House church, it's interesting, isn't it? So we had the privilege and pleasure of leading Alpha last term, which is our first one we've done um, in Falmouth. And part of the reason people, I think, engage so deeply with that is because it's more than just great teaching. You open up your home and you open up your life and let people in. You eat together, you talk together, you laugh together, you pray for each other, you listen to the truth and you get to discuss and ask questions. Whether you disagree or agree, everyone is respected and listened to. And part of the beauty of small groups is that you practice the biblical act of hospitality. Now, some of you, I know, are absolute Jedis at hospitality, <coughs> and you are just waiting for an opportunity to invite people in and host people. Have a chat to me afterwards. You are gold. Not everyone gets that. You get that, but not everyone gets that. The art of welcoming people into your house, and it's the same with welcoming on the Sunday morning. This is the house of God. How do we welcome people into this house? Um, that's not my. Let's go back to my notes. Small groups are where relationships and friendships are developed and nurtured, where we can encourage each other, where we can do the one another verses of the Bible, where we can learn to teach, not just teach, learn to teach, and where we can learn to worship, where we can learn to prophesy over each other, where we can get it wrong and it's still okay, where we can care for each other, where we can text encouragement, make meals for those who are having a hard time, or more often than not in our church, having babies. So it's where also we find spiritual parents. We don't restrict the age, we don't restrict our groups by age or geography. I love the fact that we've got people that are retired and the people that are students and studying, and everyone in between. That's because we're a family. So small groups are where we can be God's family, number two. The truth is that it's really hard to be family in a row as you're sat in now, here on a Sunday morning. Andy Stanley, great pastor in the States, says this, no one, might come up, no one knows in a row. You won't know what's going on in the life of the person next to you unless it's painfully obvious and generally too late. That's where you find out and where you do life together is in a small group. You cannot do Christian community or family in a crowd. It just doesn't happen. Don't get me wrong. These gatherings and crowds are really, really important. They're a chance to get together, to worship together, and be taught together. But change, I would propose, happens quickly and most effectively more profoundly in small groups. Where you try and put into practice what you're hearing and learning. But look around you. Guess what? The church, your new church family is are pretty strange. If you thought you had a weird family, the church family is even stranger. The language of family is used throughout the New Testament. We looked at it over the last uh, month before Christmas, didn't we? The thing about family is you don't get to choose them. You're born with them. And it's the same as the church family. God chooses it. God brings together people that in normal life maybe wouldn't hang out together. 
And we get to call out the image of God in each other and ignore differences and other things that maybe creep into society at whole. Real life is, is different from Facebook where you can unfriend, unfollow and customize your feed to only see the exact things you want to see. If you don't like what someone says, you just block them or unfriend them or unfollow them. And our natural tendency is to gravitate towards those like us. But the church shouldn't be like that. We go against our instinct. Now, my natural instinct, you've probably guessed, is to hang out with all the other beautiful people. <laughs> I wonder whether that would get a laugh or not. You know, we like to stick together, hang out with the guys with the, the cool beards and stuff. Uh, got a little small group just for the beards. And, um, but that's not, that's not biblical. I need to stop. There's a great passage in the book of James. Haven't really got a bearded small group. Don't tweet that. Um, there's a great passage in the book of James in chapter 2 where James warns in his letter against favoritism. just says this, verse 1, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but to the poor, to poor not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Have you not discriminated against among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? We restrict the word of God by only connecting with people we want to connect with. There is a discipline in meeting people that actually we find quite hard. That's part of growing as a Christian, isn't it? Growing in this following Jesus. There's, a, there's no miracle in a, in a community that is all the same. God wants to free us from our criticism and our judgments of other people. How can he do that if we only ever connect with people we know and like and choose to be with? You see the beauty of meeting together and being challenged by God's word and being challenged by each other. There's a grace and a humility. We grow just by being in a group with people we wouldn't normally share our lives with. We learn patience, we share experiences, share inspiration, and we learn not to be selfish and not to judge. Practically, super practically, small groups allow a church to grow big and small at the same time. They maintain intimacy while numbers on a Sunday may increase. They maintain communication and, 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 and a, a feeling of connectedness, but they are about so much more than just connection. I said it earlier, they're a place where you can belong. A place of belonging in this community, a place where you can be known, not just a place you can turn up to occasionally. Small groups, I was thinking about it this week, answer some of society's deepest needs. Deepest needs, the need for relationship, the need for community, the need for accountability in a culture suffering an epidemic of loneliness and a culture where responsibility is avoided. There is a need for God-given biblical truth, especially in this post-truth age of fake news, fact-checking, and alternative facts. So next one will be small groups are a place where we can learn and train in truth. One of the roles of a small group leaders is to facilitate discussion where people can learn from the wisdom of the Bible. Colossians 2, we'll come back to this passage again in a second, Colossians 2 verse 6 just says this, this is encouragement to the church in Colossae. So then just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. As you were taught, teaching and learning happens in small groups where you have the time and the space to ask questions. One person might lead, but everyone brings something. 
We look at the Bible and we apply it to our everyday lives. We don't just leave our brains at the door. It isn't a social every week, and if it is, can you let me know? Because it shouldn't be, but it should be very social. There are there they are there are places where we can where people can feel safe to ask questions and feel safe to share what's really going on in their lives, where we can learn to pray for each other and minister in the power of the Holy Spirit for each other, where we learn to just simply pray for each other. That is that space. We learn to listen to God's voice and discern Him speaking His truth for other people. I've stood in our kitchen. Generally, guys have to stand in the kitchen. I don't know why the ladies always get the sofas in the lounge and the wood burner. And we chat for too long, generally. But eventually, we might get around to praying. And then the next week, we do that again and say, how have things gone? How, was it? how, how has it been? Like, have things changed? How has your situation improved or what's happened? Sharing lives over time, focused on Jesus, expectant of the Holy Spirit, leads to change and growth. Because let's be honest, small groups are very unglamorous, absolutely undramatic. They're not sexy at all, and generally they're quite awkward. They can be, can't they? But this means sometimes we don't see their true worth and value. They may not be dramatic or glamorous, but, they, but what happens in small groups mean that they are deeply profound. And I would argue essential if you are on a journey of following Jesus this morning. The danger may be if you're a mature Christian here this morning, you might think, actually, do you know what? I don't really need to be in a small group. If that's here you this morning, my challenge would be, how is that going? That is supporting you, encouraging you, praying for you, asking you tough questions is very hard. Last summer, uh, Ruth and I took the kids to France. Um, we went to a beach right on the end of an island. When, and when we got there, it took a little bit of a trek through the woods, got down to it. And there was a massive sandbar, really long sandbar, and you, people were out walking on it. And it was dead low tide, and there was a boat stuck on another little sandbar over there. And um, as we sat and had our lunch, the tide came in, and it flooded over the sandbar. And then this massive, really strong current developed just in front of the beach and swept around the beach and then down the river that was off to, um, off to the left. Right. Um, and I was like, wow, this is interesting. I've never seen such a strong current so close to the beach. And you could literally see people just go whoop <laughs> and zoom. And people were doing it for a laugh, like big cr crowds of guys just jump in and then get swept off around the corner. I was like, this is interesting. Is, is anyone worried about... And then about half an hour later, they would kind of appear walking down the beach as if there was a place you could get swept off to and then get out and then come back. I was like, I've never seen this before. This is crazy. So... Um, Edie, who was three at the time, we were playing by the water's edge because it was hot, so they were dipping their toes in and out and up to their knees. I turned my back, as you do as a parent, for one second, and looked around, and she had taken the plunge. She'd gone in and was zooming off down the beach. I was like, oh. So I managed to run down the beach, get into the water, pick her out, and got her out. And I was like, kids, do not go near the water. It's crazy. Um, and maybe you've been, we were swimming at Swampool yesterday. We got out, me and B got out, one side of the boy, the yellow boy, and ended up within about two minutes being the other side of the yellow boy. It's like, wow, you can't even feel the current, but we've really moved, even, even in the just the five, ten minutes we've been in. And you may have paddled out and swam out and looked back to the beach and realized you are nowhere near where you paddled out or where you swam out. You've drifted all the way down. And that is the same for every important area of our lives. It says that in Hebrews, we drift. We drift as Christians. You have to be intentional or we drift away. It's the same with our relationship with God. It takes discipline. 
It takes intentionality and investment. We have to invest in it. It takes effort. Because the pull or the current of life takes us generally in the wrong direction. So the next one would be small groups are a place of health and of healing. Growth and healing takes time. In a hospital, not all the healing happens in A&E. It happens when you're discharged or when you're on the wards. People are recovering at home. And I love it when we pray for each other at the front of church. I love when people come forward to pray, to, to pray for each other. But I don't always expect instant change. It can and does happen, and I love that. It's amazing. But sometimes miracles aren't instant. They're not necessarily broken desperate and in need of a place to heal well small groups are great places to do that where you can receive support and prayer and encouragement i kind of think of small groups as being this kind of like miniature greenhouses where you can kind of control the temperature you can control the moisture you can put the right kind of soil in then you can watch stuff just grow we create hopefully environments that people that encourage growth and healing What elements do we need to grow in our faith? We come back to the same verse again in Colossians 2 where Paul's writing to the church about spiritual fullness. And he says this, continue to live your lives rooted and built up in him, in Jesus. Small groups are a place for us to put our roots down in Jesus. We want our small group leaders to be um, rooted in Jesus, passionate about him so that we can grow in him as well, to be examples to us. We can't be rooted in Jesus. We can't be built up in Jesus unless we're rooted in his words. Unless we're reading and wrestling with the Bible. One of the things I've done the last few days is bought, um, this is not a plug for Audible, but bought an Audible subscription, three months half price. And just so that actually, I don't think I could do a refer a friend. But anyway, um, but so that I can listen to stuff as I'm doing, like I, love, I love reading, but I don't always have a chance to sit down physically with a book. There's so many Bible apps now. A Bible in a Year, Nicky Gumbel, fantastic. You can read it or you can listen to it. It's profound. If you stick to it daily, you will get through the whole Bible. Or you can do the Bible in three years. That's still okay. There's Bible reading plans if you get the version app. They're fantastic. How are we being intentional about this kind of stuff? That wasn't in my notes. Part of being built up in Jesus and rooted in him is allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us continually. Small groups are safe places where we can worship and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to minister to us, and to challenge us. They aren't the only place by any means, but they are a great training ground. I love the fact that in a small group you can ask questions. Like you wouldn't in a big group like this, but you can in a small group. There's a great quote. Um, from it's from a book called um, Community 101. Uh, is a guy called Gilbert, so it's got to be good. Um, it just says this, it's in small groups that people can get close enough to know each other, to care and share, to challenge and support, to confide and confess, to forgive and be forgiven, to laugh and weep together, to be accountable to each other, to watch over each other and to grow together. Personal growth does not happen in isolation. It's the result of interactive relationships. Small groups are God's gift to foster change. See small groups as God's gift to us. I'd love to ask this question. So how much are you going to prioritize your spiritual growth this year? Starting of this new year, this new decade. Because we're all busy, aren't we? We've all got tons of stuff going on. But if you think about your week and what your routine and your rhythm looks like, how much of that is dedicated towards knowing Jesus more, studying the scriptures and developing your faith? Is it something you're actively investing in as a challenge? So lastly, 
is number five. Small groups are where we can have big impact. They're not holy huddles. Have you ever thought about how Jesus did life with his disciples, out and about, on the road, going from this place to that place? Didn't go on his own. He went with a bunch. He went with the 12. He went with the disciples. Effectively, he ran an on-the-road small group, teaching them. But more than that, he did so much more than teaching. He modeled the kingdom of God. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. Small groups are more than learning. They're about doing. They are where we are mobilized to act. Small groups in the church aren't just one of the programs. They're the vehicles by which we can bless the communities around us. So we're launching four groups. Um, each of them will have a budget of £80 every two or three months to bless their local community. And we want them to spend it. We want them to get out beyond the walls of the house or the wherever they're meeting, to get out and show God's love practically to those around. They're not holy huddles in Falmouth or beyond. I passionately believe that the local community should be impacted by the presence of a small group. That's why I'm so excited that we're doubling the number of groups. It broadens and multiplies the potential impact on the wider community. Our role as followers of Jesus, wherever we are, is to proclaim and demonstrate the beauty, the power, and the good news of the kingdom of God. We go and are sent in the power of God to minister and share the good news that Jesus can rescue the lost. Jesus is good news. Jesus has come to redeem and restore and reconcile. He's paid the price. That is fantastic news. What if we had outposts around the town, around the county that, that proclaimed that good news? Not just proclaimed it and talked about it, but demonstrated it in practical ways. Small groups are their best. Look outward, not just inward. They cry out to those around them, there is more to life than this. So you may be here this morning just thinking, do you know what, I've, I've just never taken the plunge or joined a small group. Maybe you might recognize that drift away. Um, why don't you join a group this morning? If you can go onto the website or you can start, I've got flyers as well. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, I'd love to go to a group, but actually I work shift or I can't commit every week. I can't predict babysitters and work patterns. Um, and I don't know which days I'll have off. Come and chat with us. We'd love for you to plug into a community, not so that you could be there every week, but so someone is looking out for you in this bigger community. We need to be more creative. Like, we have got... Was that a time warning? Oh, no, just waving. Um, we can get creative about the ways we do groups. So courses, community groups, um, activity groups. Like, what? Wh where... I used to I used to run small groups in Cardiff. Um, we had about 35 groups at the one just before we left, and my question would always be, okay, what would your friends come along to? If you were going to do an activity and take your mates along and talk about Jesus naturally within that group, what would they go to? Would it be a wine tasting club? Would it be a, a cycling club? Would it be a climbing club? Would it be a board games club? Would it be a knitting club? Would it be there's so many opportunities to have on the fringe of the church just little groups where people could meet for the first time and then talk and gossip Jesus. That's the idea around them. So come and have a chat. If that sparked off a little like, oh, I could do this. Maybe you could. Let's have a chat. That would be great. Um, small groups are an indispensable core of the church. And in our structure of church, small groups are the foundations. Um, if you had to make a decision between, oh, I've got one shift off this week, I can go to church or I can go to small group, I would say go to small group. Small group's the place where you learn, it's where you're known, it's where you can be invested in and where you can do life. Um, and we, we've made some changes. So this is kind of um, 
it can be painful when you make change as a church leader. We're stopping our Thursday night small group, um, which is, is, there's a bit of sadness and loss in that. We love all of you guys, but in order to, um, we want to carry on the Alpha group, so we're going to do that on a Monday night, me and Ruth. But sometimes when you step back, other people raise up. So we are launching Linda and Peter Amos with a group down at, just across there, Lemon Twist, Tapas Bar, on a Monday night. So that's a fantastic new group in Falmouth. Nikki and Dave are going to be carrying on their group on a Tuesday night at their house on Park Terrace. We've also got a new group in Perrinwell. So Mike and Isla are going to be leading a group over in Perrinwell on a Thursday night. So we'll have a group, one on a Monday night, one on a Tuesday night, two on a Monday night, sorry, uh, Tuesday night and Thursday night. So we really hope that through those groups there'll be a place for you to um, plug into. Ours is going to be a bit more specific. It's going to be for those who have been on Alpha and are carrying on with those questions. We haven't actually, don't tell them, we haven't actually finished the course yet. We missed two weeks. So we're going to go back and do those. Um, but it, it can feel, you can feel loss in that because there's a loss of relationship if your group is changing. But there's, we need to be making space for those yet to come. We need to be making capacity in our small groups for everyone to be able to join a group and for them to be at a size where, where people will be known, where it's not one group of 30. Um, so we have to keep reproducing. We have to keep planting new groups and making space. So in a minute, right now actually, why don't the small group leaders come up? Um, so Linda and Peter and Nikki and Dave, if you are able to, or someone's going to get a baby. Um, I would just want to thank them for all they do, for the weight they carry in the church. Because it's, like I said, I joked about having to hoover and clean the loos and stuff. But there's something profound about letting people into your house or organizing, preparing each week for people to come in. So I, before they get the mic, I just want to thank them for what they're about to go into. So Mike and Isla are at a wedding. So inconvenient. So they've done a little video for us to watch as well. Um, because they're very prepared. Um, but I just want to thank you guys for what you're about to go into and invest into. Um, and then, should you want to just give a little bit of a, like a one minute on what your group's going to be like? Is that okay? One minute, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> thank you. I want you to close your eyes just for a minute and just imagine me running down to the front doing a couple of cartwheels and then ending up doing the splits because that's how excited I am. <laughs> Okay, uh, small group, Monday night, Lemon Twist uh, over on Mimidkeet. We are so excited. Um, there's a little room at the back, and it's got tables and chairs and whatever, but it's got a little cubby hole that we can seat about eight people, maybe nine, possibly even 12. Brilliant. Um, we're, and it's got a bar. And it's got a bar, okay. <laughs> we are so keen on developing relationships between ourselves and with Father God. And we just want to say thank you to Father God because uh, what's happened is just amazing. Uh, the way that it came about uh, from no venue to a venue, uh, from uh, us being, okay, should we do this? Yes, we will do this. It's just amazing. And we just want to welcome anybody who might be interested to come to um, a, a, a place and with us that's um, relaxed, not somebody's home, but somewhere that we can actually have a direct impact in the community on a Monday evening. You're so welcome. I've, I've entitled it Tapas and Tips. <laughs> Excellent. I think I might go there. <laughs> 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 Sounds really good. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, different night, so it could work. Um, yeah, so... Um, 
we we have been we have been um, meeting for a while. I, I think as we Nikki and I were kind of discussing um, and just just what is it what what kind of things stands out or or, or ha how can we kind of describe our group and we came up with family. Um, we we love family. We want to be family. We feel that. Um, small group is is kind of becoming family, um, and we we just love sharing our lives together and and kind of journeying together, um, and that's what we've been, yeah, that's what we've been doing, and yeah, we'd we'd love you to come and get involved. Um, we uh, we meet up on a Tuesday night. Nikki will give you the details, and food is the other one. Um, so yeah, two Fs. Yeah, definitely. Food is always um, quite prominent in our small group. So every week there is snacks, um, but once a month, so first Tuesday of the month, we always share a meal together. Um, and yeah, it just really helps facilitate um, just a relaxed environment to get to know each other and share our lives. Um, and it's been awesome over this year to see our kind of relationships deepening and people opening up and yeah, just more vulnerability and really growing together so yeah look forward to more so do come along Tuesday night half past seven at number two Park Terrace just you're thinking I can't remember all those details there's flyers like this and one for each group on the info desk just outside the door so if you see these guys you might want to take their numbers but you can sign up online or you can take a flyer that will tell you where it is we always used to say as well just in case like they are out and about, it might be they're doing a blessing community that week, get in touch with them first to make sure they're meeting where they say they will be meeting. John, ready for the video for Mike and Isla? Yep. Confident. Hello, I'm Islet. This is Mike. Hi. Uh, sorry we can't make it with you today, but we're in a wedding at York, and um, so we just thought we'd tell you a bit about our home group as we can't be there with you today. So our home group is going to be in Perrinwell Station on a Thursday, between 7.30 and 9.30. We've chosen those times because it means if you'd like to get a train from Falmouth or Penryn, it works really well with the train times and we live a stone throw away from the train station. Um, so a bit about our home group. First and foremost, um, I want it to be a place where people are known, um, where we, it's a safe place where people can share the highs and the lows of life, where we can pray together, we can share things, um, and it just can be a really good environment to get to know people and grow together. Uh, yeah, another kind of key bit of our heart is that we, our lives would bring life to the communities and people that we interact with and we thought it would be great as a group to kind of think about how we could bring lives, bring life to the world around us and look at kind of what Jesus did and how did he live and how can we, what can we learn from him. Um, and getting turns to lead and um, yeah we can all kind of grow together. We are also expecting a baby in March uh, so there will be a little baby around at times. Um, and, and a dog. And a dog. Um, but yeah we really just hope that um, if you want to come along on Thursday it would be great to see you and yeah give us a shout if you've got any questions. Alright bye bye. Bye. Just made me feel like I should have dressed up when I see them on the... Um, why don't you stand, like we are all community, we're all family. Why don't you come down? If you know these guys, or know us, hopefully you should, um, and want to just pray and blessing on them, that would be great. If you, that's this side of, let's call this a stage, that side of the stage, and this side, if you just have um, 
Well, something I said this morning just sparked something like, oh, that makes me worried or uncomfortable or I just would love someone to pray through that with me. Or if you've come this morning thinking, actually, I'd love for someone to pray for me for healing, we would love to pray for you as well. So that can be this side. If you want to do both, just go from one to the other. That's absolutely fine. So holy chaos, going to ensure. And if you have kids, you may need to pick them up right now as well. But feel free to bring them in and they can pray as well, if that's okay. Um, music's going to come on in the background, is that okay? And then, so if you are leading in the life of the church, come down and pray. And if you guys know these guys, come down and pray as well. <laughs>